Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome to the 81st episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Carnage of Krell. Uh, I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me is my faithful co-pilot, Matthew Krinky. Hey, what's happening, man? It's, wow, you know what? It's, we're on the, I guess, the, the last of the uh, um, Barn episode. We got a lot of questions yeah. answered um, and a few questions that kind of i have still but yeah. all in all a pretty good and barn arc and we might have kyle joining us uh later on the episode I, like i said mike he was so i think this is one of his favorite arcs of the whole yeah. series so far so he felt compelled that you know i gotta i gotta come in and talk about this so we're like yeah come on so we might see kyle here in about a half hour or so so hopefully that'll work out but uh how's uh how's zelda treating you <clears throat> Uh, it would be treating me better if my <laughs> stupid Nintendo was working. Yeah, what's oh up with that? Oh my goodness. This is just like, it's, if I, if I had time to play it, A, and the, and the stupid machine would work, B, uh, it would be treating <laughs> me a lot better. The three hours I have played have been awesome. It's, uh, it's a really good game. But, wow, that's uh, good. but yeah, my Nintendo has decided that it's going to be incredibly fussy, but I think I've got it working. Now. Is it a Nintendo Wii? Yes. Oh, you got the Wii, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you know, we got we got to ask you about your uh, video games because uh, every week because um, <laughs> there's always something going on, man. You're a video always. game freak. Now, speaking of video games, um, what's your status on the uh, the Old Republic? Are you gonna play that or no? No, and you know why? Because it's the fifteen dollars a month or yeah, whatever it is. Okay. Um, and I don't. I don't agree with that pricing structure for uh, for massively multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, one game that I did play, I played the demo, well, not the demo, but I guess it was the beta, of was uh, DC Universe Online. And it, it had uh, a paid subscription-based scheme to begin with. And so I never picked it up, even though I really enjoyed the game. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um you know, flying around with other superheroes from the DC universes yeah. is, with your, like, created character is really cool. But I, I'm not going to pay you 15 bucks a month for a game I already bought, you know? 
Yeah, uh, this game's going to have to be really good. Uh, but we'll yeah, see what happens, yeah. But DC Universe Online recently went free-to-play. Oh. So you don't even have to buy the game. You can just download it off of PlayStation Network, or you can download it for your PC, <clears throat> and then just play it. And the way that it works now is that you just buy... You buy items and that sort of thing. Like, you yeah. buy different costume items and whatever. Similar to Clone Wars Adventures. But oh, okay, the problem yeah, with yeah. Clone Wars Adventures is that most of the gameplay is locked off in Clone Wars Adventures. And there's really, like, there's no point in doing anything in Clone Wars Adventures other than putting money into it to have yeah. whatever outfit so that you look cool compared to everybody else. But, like, it, you, you have to pay money. You have to essentially be one of... Yeah, there, and there's two ways that you have to pay money with Clone Wars Adventures. So, like, Lucasfilm really needs to get it into their heads that the more they do this stuff, the more of a barrier to entry these things are going to be. And granted, I mean, it's Star Wars, and it's an MMO, and it's made by BioWare, who did Knights of, uh, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic and, and uh, Mass Effect and Dragon Age and all these great games that everybody loves, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I think that there's probably a lot of people that are like 15 bucks a month or however much it is. Yeah. Uh, and they just, yeah. they're going to skip it. Right. Because yeah. I mean, it's a, you got to buy a $60 game to begin with and you get what, like 30 days free probably. And then from then on out, they want you to pay 15 bucks a month. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize I'm not I'm not an MMO guy, so I didn't realize yeah. it was going to be a fifteen dollar. And I say, like, oh man, well I'll just wait and see what other people think, and if it's really that great, I don't know, we'll I'll my, revisit, my, revisit it. So my prediction right now, as of uh, Monday, November twenty first at six twenty five p.m., mm -hmm. is that within six months it'll go free to play. Sweet. Because a lot of these games are going free to play now. I think what they'll see, like. Um, DC Universe Online, actually, uh, Kotaku just posted a an article about this today, uh, saying that that one of the heads over at, I guess, Sony uh, Online or something like that, uh, SOE, Sony Online Entertainment, uh, said that they've had like a 700% increase or something like that in revenue oh. since they took it to free-to-play. Oh, because so yeah, there's yeah, just like 85% yeah. of people are returning because they like the game, um, 85% of logins. So people are downloading it, playing it, and sticking around, and then spending money. Because yeah. the stuff that you spend money on is worthwhile in the game. So um, so the folks at EA and Bioware need to take a look at that and realize that that's the model to get everybody playing it. But, yeah. Well, there's a prediction. Hopefully that... Uh... Hopefully that comes true because yeah, I'll jump on it if it's yeah, um, free. Free after that, be cool. So let's see what's going on else in uh, news and collecting. Welcome. I have been expecting. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. All right, and you know what we're going to start with is uh, the Star Wars exhibition at the Discovery Science Center. And I want you just to take a quick listen to this here. Don't miss the blockbuster exhibit of the year. Star Wars, where science meets imagination, only at Discovery Science Center. Get your tickets now at discoverycube.org. 
All right, Mike, this is uh, going on at Santa Ana, California. The fabulous Turing Museum exhibit, Star Wars, where science meets imagination, which explores the technology of Star Wars and whether it could become a reality with modern science. And it's going to open now through April 15th at the Discovery Science Center in Santa Ana, California. And this looks pretty cool. I mean, they got like, I was reading over some of the, the stuff they're going to have here, and this thing's going to be there for a while. So mm -hmm. uh, over 100 Star Wars artifacts used in the making of all six movies. Um, they're going to have like, uh, you know, pod racers there, Luke's land speeder, uh, Imperial walkers. These are all like models. Um, Imperial Star Destroyer, the original Millennium Falcon used in the first movie. And then tons of other stuff, you know, they got costumes, props, and all that. So uh, this looks to be a pretty cool little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, exhibit or yeah, science exhibit. thing? Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, I actually went to this when it was in Seattle. Uh, back. Oh, is this the same one? Yeah, it's the same one, Science Meets Imagination. So, Did they um, have all this at the one you went to? Yep. Okay, yeah. well, how big are these models? I mean, are they small or are they giant? Uh, some of them are pretty huge, actually. Um, okay. The, the Millennium Falcon's pretty impressive. The uh, actually the 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 uh, AAT the the tank from Episode One, mm -hmm. the Separatist tank from Episode Well, I guess it wasn't Separatist, the Trade Federation tank um, that they have is massive. It's huge. Okay. Um, it's probably I think it's like like uh, it's either one fourth or one eighth size. So that's pretty big, considering it's a tank. So um, okay, I was wondering uh, if, yeah. if this was the uh, the same thing that you went to because I saw that and I go, I wonder if this is the same one that was. It was in Seattle, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Same. So one. It was the same. All right. All right. So what yeah. what's your uh, a feeling on it? I mean, was it worth it or? Um. You know what? It's it's definitely more for younger kids okay. than it is for uh, for adults. Um. You you can definitely like there's there's cool stuff. Okay. So here's my dilemma. In Seattle, all all of the time, there's the Science Fiction Museum. Mm -hmm. And in the Science Fiction Museum is a whole bunch of props from a whole bunch of movies, Star Wars included. So the idea of seeing Star Wars props up close isn't something that I ever have to worry about. You know, yeah. like, oh, this is only in town for so long. Yeah. Um, so it's like it was cool to see the ones that I saw, but I but I can go down to the science fiction museum in Seattle and see pictures of or see Star Wars stuff mm -hmm. anytime I want, right? So um, so for me, seeing seeing these props and stuff wasn't super exciting. I was really hoping that there would be more, okay. but I. You know, it was kind of a quick exhibit, but um, but if you've got kids, then it's definitely going to be worth it. And generally, like it's it's in Seattle, at least it was held in the Pacific Science Center, mm -hmm. which also has just the regular Pacific Science Center as well, and it's got an IMAX screen. So, um, so I mean, you can make a whole day of it, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So so yeah, I mean, if you've got kids, it's definitely worth taking kids to it but if you're uh if you're an adult you could probably miss it and not really be missing out on a lot hmm, okay did you see the full-size replica of the cockpit of the uh, millennium falcon was that there too yes it was okay. now here's the thing and i will prepare everybody for it okay 
on the website and in the advertisements and everything, it, it definitely looks great. But then when you're in it, it's still cool. But it's not... Um, if you're expecting something that's accurate, <laughs> that's okay. like film accurate, <laughs> yeah. this is not what you're going to get. Like, it's, it's definitely um, a little bit more rudimentary mm-hmm. than the actual Millennium Falcon cockpit. Like, I mean, I'm not even that hardcore, uh, and I'm not a stickler, so... Yeah. Uh, for me to sit inside of it and be kind of like, oh yeah, no, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of weak. Um, that's saying a lot. That yeah. said, it's still kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but, I, can but, you yeah. get can you get like photo opportunities with all these you know the light speed uh, land speeders and the pod racers and all that, or are they uh, kind of behind ropes or something? They're behind ropes. Oh dang! So you can't even get like photo photos and stuff, huh? I mean, not, not like uh, not like sitting in them or anything like that, but yeah. you can okay. definitely take pictures. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's why I, I was I was pretty sure it was the same thing, but I, I didn't know if there was anything different. But it looks, if it was around, if it was if it was closer to me, I would I would definitely go. But people down in the LA area are probably going to get a kick out of that. So that's going on through April fifteenth. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? It's the holiday season, Mike, and you got to decorate the tree and all that um, Christmas tree. If you're into that kind of thing. And uh, I think over is thinkgeek.com has the Yoda and R2-D2 holiday lights. And these are not ex- not cheap. They're $29.99 per little section. Uh, these are for indoor use only. And there's 10 lights or 10, like if it's Yoda, there's 10 per string. And uh, so, like I said, they're not, not necessarily cheap. Um, 138 inches in length. For the the ten string or the ten lights per string, mm-hmm. and you could choose Yoda, like I said, Yoda or R two D two, and I got some pictures here to look at, and you can go over to thinkgeek.com and check them out. If you're into the decorating, and I mean, this is something you got to have right here. I mean, a bunch of Yodas dang, hanging on the tree. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Or R twos, man. Come on, let's do it. Go get some, Mike. Put them on the tree. Yeah, they look pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. They look pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, it's like when I get a tree, though, it's. We go cut a tree down, and uh, our trees are usually around, I don't know, 10 to 15 feet high. So it cost me a small fortune to decorate my tree with a bunch of these yellow <laughs> lights. Yeah. But, hey, it's still kind of cool nonetheless. If you get like a small little three-foot tree or something, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. A little, little baby tree. Um, that's what's going on at Think Geek. they got tons of stuff, uh, as always. But for the holiday stuff, you wanna, might want to check that out. Uh, quick hits going on. Uh, of course, Toys R Us this week is having a special uh, buy two, get one free and all their Star Wars action figures. And this is going through the 24th of November. So uh, it's kind of just before. It's actually right on uh, Thanksgiving for us here in the States. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Sideshow Collectibles is holding a Black Friday promotion starting tomorrow through November 29th. And if you just put in BF15 in the promo code, you'll get $15 off selected items over at Sideshow. I know Sideshow. I love Sideshow. they got tons of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? CVS is kind of like a – I don't know if you guys have these down over there, Mike. Uh, it's like, uh, No, not in Canada. Yeah, they're like a Rite Aid or a uh, – what else can I – like a pharmacy, but they have groceries and toys in there too. Yeah. Um, $10 gift card when you buy $30 worth of Hasbro toys. So, uh, and of course – includes all star wars stuff um 
So that's kind of neat. 30 bucks, you get a $10 gift card. And Kmart. Multiple sales going on at Kmart, including the radio-controlled Hailfire Droid for $39. Uh, and then selected role play toys for 24, which is like the helmets, uh, electronic helmets and, and the blasters and stuff like that. And then to buy one, get one 50% off on basic action figures, uh, which includes, you know, everything. Uh, like I said last week, Marvel stuff, G.I. Joe's, Star Wars. So, again, you know, it's getting towards the holiday buying season. So a lot of these stores are going to be having all these promotions. So check out your papers, yeah. you know, or check, uh, keep on all these Star Wars sites because they're always keeping you up to date on what's going on as far as toys. What else is going on in the news? Anything going on in the news, though, Mike? Anything else? Any toys? Anything? Did you buy anything lately? Did you get anything? No? No. Any, no shoes or something? Uh, no news? Yeah, no. 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 I got nothing for it. <laughs> um, one, cool thing, one cool thing to look out for when you are out at Toys R Us or wherever Um if you've got a Star Wars fan that is not yourself in your life that you want to do something cool for, uh, and you got to do it quick because we're coming up on December 1st, um, is that they've got... Lego does a nativity set every year. They've done one every year for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And this year's Lego nativity set is a Star Wars Lego nativity set. So ah. that set is... Every day you open it up and there's a, there's something whether it's a minifig or, uh, uh, like, a, you know, how they sometimes do the miniature sort of micro-machines but made out of Lego, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. little tiny versions of the ships and stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. They, they've got that. Uh, in fact, I am fairly certain that I've got one stashed somewhere around here out of my eyesight that, uh, that I'll probably be getting in the next week. Nice. Uh, that my wife picked up for me. Um, nice. So if you know anybody who's a big Star Wars fan, and uh, and you want to get them a cool Christmas present, but it's not cheap because mm. it's Lego. So um, yeah. I can't remember, but I think it was around forty or fifty dollars for it, and it's kind of it's not that exciting. Like the 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 Lego sets inside of it are not super exciting, but it is a really cool idea. So yeah. That is neat. <clears throat> One more thing, too. Um, I saw this the other day, and I think it was on uh, Twitter or something like that. This Star Wars Death Star T-shirt comes with lights and sound. I don't know if you've seen this T-shirt. Mm. It's at uh, Uber Gizmo is uh, where I'm looking at right now. You can find it actually through the Star Wars website if you go to their um, uh, like around the web section. Yeah, uh, they'll have a, a story on this. This thing is crazy. I don't know if there's actually a YouTube video out. Oh, it's thinkgeek.com. Okay, so again, thinkgeek. You can see this YouTube video, but uh, this shirt actually lights up. It's crazy. It's got the Death Star with, and it's got the, uh, you know, the blast or the laser cannon, and yeah. the laser cannon lights out. Did you get a chance to see that thing? I have. I have seen a couple of pictures. <laughs> it's of it so crazy. Yeah. yeah. The T-shirt will be uh, will be able to light up a blast sequence that includes a super laser powering up and firing thanks to glowing el technology and a white led light for the final blast effect uh so <laughs> that is pretty darn cool that is something to wear to uh like a fan days or to a uh, celebration right there that is awesome yeah i don't know how much this thing is i haven't actually checked think i don't even know if it's available yet let's see if it's available yet uh late december this thing's coming to think geek in late december so um 
Yeah, that is is pretty darn cool. I gotta I gotta have one of these, you know. Lighting up Death Star. What could be better than that? Anything else? I think that's it though, man. I just kinda searching around and not much, you know, again, yeah. it's not like a broken record, but there's a few things, you know, you get the t shirt and little yeah. little tidbits, but nothing like uh, mind blowing. But we I think we have to wait till after the new year till we get some 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 really you know, juicy details. Cause maybe we'll get some more of what's going on with Darth Maul or something like that. So Yeah, yeah. But other than that, let's uh, head on over to the recap. You ready? Cool, let's do it. All right. A disturbance in the Force. There is it possible to learn this power? They might be believing to be the chosen one. Times. Uh, I sense there's something here. The army has assembled a counter to coup. All troops! Stations. This isn't gonna be easy. We'll disintegrate for sure. Suck it up, shiny. I will attack the Naboo. <laughs> I will return, my man. I want you. I don't work for you. Long have Sith empires been built upon the backs of slaves. Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Bow down, Jedi fit. Welcome to Death Watch. No! All righty, let's start it off with Carnage of Krill, Clone Troopers 5s. And Jesse are scheduled to be court-martialed after disobeying orders from Jedi General Pong Krill. Captain Rex tries to reason with Krill, but the General has made up his mind. He sees the insubordinate clones as defective and as a bad example to the rest of the battalion. As time is short, Krill decides to forego the trial and orders that Fives and Jesse be executed immediately. So, Mike, we're back, uh, you know, basically where we cliffhanged from last episode, and Rex yeah. is asking for a little mercy for Fives and Jesse, you know. And But here's a couple things that, that jumped out at me in the beginning here. First, um, I like how Krell states that if punishment isn't swift, defiance, well, he doesn't say this, but I'm thinking defiance may inspire other clones. I think he actually did say that. So, one, yeah. he's, he's, he's worried about... Um, which is exactly what Krill doesn't want. He doesn't want the other clones to be inspired by that. So he's got to cut this off, you know, at, right away before things get out of hand. And then at this point, obviously, we don't know what the intentions of Krell is yet. So this is what I this is a, what I kind of jotted down as notes. And then the other thing was, uh, the clones are are just defective and they aren't able to succumb to authority. Again, not what Krell wants. So. There's a couple things that that kind of jumped out at me at the beginning, and like I said, we don't know exactly what's going on with Krell yet, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of a couple things that jumped out at me at the beginning. Um, how did you feel about? Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but w- would you say this is your favorite episode of th- this particular arc? Yeah, definitely of this arc. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Rex and several other clones release the prisoners from the brig to be executed. Rex explains their fates, and Five stoically accepts responsibility for his actions. 
Jesse is stunned by Krell's callous orders, and Fives warns Rex that Krell has been using him to ensure the loyalty of the troops. That's another thing, too, that, that I have written down yeah. is, you know, Fives, he's, he's saying, you know, he's using you, Rex. He needs, to look, you know, like you said, he needs Rex. Yeah. The captain to control. Yeah. yeah. So he needs him to control the clones. And, and now you now when you look back on it, you think, okay, Krell is kind of going after Rex, but he's also giving him just a little leeway. He's, he's kind of breaking him down, but then he's like, okay, you know, I, he gives him a little bit of credit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So kind of keeping him around the finger there a little bit. So I, I kind of like that. At the landing pad of the airbase, Fives and Jesse are lined up against a wall by their fellow clones. Dogma commands the firing squad. Fives makes one final desperate plea for the troopers to come to their senses and reconsider their actions. Much to Dogma's surprise, the firing squad refuses to go through with the execution. Dogma insists that the troops follow orders, but Rex overrides him and has Fives and Jesse freed from their binders. And Rex... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, well, I was just going to say... Uh, you can see the words of five starting to sink in uh, mm -hmm. in some of these clones in the execution scene. Um, you, you know, you see them looking around like, man, are we really going to do this? It's kind of like what I'm thinking, you know. I can't believe this. And it's a great moment. There's a great moment of tension that's kind of built up because, you know, when they shot him, like, wow, you know, they really did it. They shot him, you know. I thought they were yeah. gone. And, and it was a, kind of a key scene, too, I think, because it kind of showed that, that they are free thinkers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they decided in their minds, you know, they said, you know what, we're going to spare, we're going to go with Rex or we're going to, we're going to, you know, go with uh, Fives. You know, this isn't right. And so that was a key scene right there showing that they can think for themselves and they're free thinkers. So, and, and another great scene, uh, it's like I said, as far as the, the tension building, because I, again, I did think that they were a shot. And I was like, wow, where are they going to go with this now? You know, this is really getting, this is getting deep. But, they were spared. So, uh, let's see, where are we at? Is it my turn, Rex? No, your turn. Go ahead. No. Uh, Rex and Dogma report to General Krell, who is furious that the clones have refused to carry out his order. Krell warns Rex not to cross him, but he is interrupted by a transmission from the battlefront. A clone trooper describes an Umbaran attack that has seized a supply of clone armor and weapons. The Umbarans are gearing up for a massive assault. Krell orders Fives and Jesse locked up. The matter of their punishment is postponed, but not un but not finished. You wanted us, sir. I ordered those clones to be destroyed. You are making a mistake by crossing me, clone. It's Captain, sir. General, there's an incoming transmission. Put it through. General, the Ambarans have stepped up their offensive. We're holding them off, but their squadrons have ambushed one of our platoons, seizing weapons and uniforms. We believe they may be planning to launch a massive attack. Looks like you have your stay of execution for now. Lock the traitors in the brig and prepare your platoons to move out immediately. We need to preempt the enemy by hitting them now with everything we've got. We're finally going to take the capital. And Captain, make sure the troops are aware that the enemy may disguise themselves as clones to try to trick us. I will, sir. 
Well, you know what? I love the standoff between uh, Rex and Krell. And here's Rex standing up. He's on, hey, it's Captain, you know. And he got this mm-hmm. kind of great moment where they're kind of looking at each other and, and Krell's giving that angry growl at him. Um, and, and, and here's one thing. Again, we don't know what's going on, but at that moment I'm thinking, okay, here is going to be the opportunity for Rex and the clones to, to kill Krell because Krell's talking about, hey, watch out because they're disguised as clones. He's talking about the Unbarns, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're going to, they're going to say, oh, that was just the Umbarns that were dressed up that killed, that killed Krell, if they had to explain it. You know, I was, I was going that way. Again, we don't know what's going on yet, but that's, that was a key moment when he's talking about, obviously, uh, you know, watch out for Umbarns dressed as clones. Yeah. And we'll see, uh, obviously, where that goes later on. But uh, I did like the, the standoff there, the little Mexican standoff, and, and Krell's, or, uh, Rex standing up to, uh, to Krell. So, uh Really, really good scene there. Lots of good stuff uh, in this episode. Uh, Rex leads the forward platoon through the darkened Umbarned wilderness. He warns his men to stay alert since the Umbarns may use the captured Republic supplies to create confusion. Tup stops Dogma from blundering his way into a Vexus vine-like tentacles. Tup demonstrates the danger by tossing a rock at the Vexus's mouth. It snaps awake and thrashes its tentacles looking for prey. Uh, sorry. Uh, suddenly, their uh, hidden enemies open fire. The 501st clones scramble for cover. Rex orders his troops to launch mortar rounds into the darkness. Kix uses his night vision goggles to make out the targets. The Umbarans have indeed captured Republic armor and are disguised as clones from General Kenobi's 212th Battalion. As Rex rushes through the battlefield, he makes a horrible discovery. Unmasking a fallen enemy, he sees not the face of an Umbaran, but the face of a clone. Rex frantically calls out to the battlefield, ordering his troops to remove their helmets so that the other troopers can see they are not enemies. The soldiers are shocked when they discover they have attacked and killed their own brothers. And wow, Mike, I'll tell you what. Clones attack clones, and Rex discovers yeah. that they are fighting friendlies. And this whole scene was just—it was almost like a um, Order sixty six type type of a feel to it. With the yeah. the music, I love the music during this scene. Uh, it really fed to the desperation of Rex, and, and what a powerful scene! You know, uh, Rex drops to his knees. You know, he's got his his hands to his head. You know, he's heartbroken, man, and and. Uh, it's just like wow, I, you know, you can't believe these guys. These guys are going. You can see how much of a brotherhood they are. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it's just it's just killing them. And, and like I said, just a really powerful scene. I know a lot of people love to see that. And and this is probably going to be one of those arcs or episodes. This last one where it, uh, people are going to like it more than they like uh, uh, rookies from uh, season one. Just from all the all the uh, clone stuff that was that was going on here, and and all the revelations that we got, so um, pretty pretty wild scene. Though, what do you think of that scene? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, I I I was floored by what happened, and uh, just kind of like I I think you can see it coming uh, from from you know pretty far yeah. away. Uh, yeah. Once once you realize like. They stole the the 
you know, these guys have stolen the armor. Um, and you're kind of like, why would they? Because they've just been beating the clones yeah. anyways. They've been pretty like, much, they, yeah, yeah. That's not necessary. They don't, they don't need, need help, to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and plus, we've already seen it happen once, right? We saw it happen in, in the first season in Rookies. And so I was like, well, they're not going to do that again. So clearly something else is going on here. Yeah. But I wasn't, I, it, it hadn't occurred to me until it was happening that Krell might be the one behind it, mm-hmm. right? That, that he was the one, uh, and we're, we'll, we'll find out more about that in a little bit, but I mean, they, yeah. Yeah. they have their suspicions pretty quick. Like I'm pretty sure fives and, uh, and uh, uh, which one is it? Fives and Jesse are the, are the ones Jesse, that yeah. are the ones that are going to be executed. Like right, yep. Uh, oh well, I guess they're not with them, so I guess it's kicks. That's that's kind of like this yeah. is clearly not okay because kicks is the only one left of them um, of our name. Well, kicks and dogma, but dogma is dogma, so we're not going to listen to anything he has to say. Right. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's pretty intense, and then th- this next part that that we're gonna talk about. Oh, okay. Pretty, yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy too. Go ahead. Uh, Kix finds the pl- a dying platoon leader from the 212th, Waxer. With his final breaths, Waxer reveals to Rex that it was General Krell who ordered the attack. He supplied the coordinates for the battle and told the 212th that the enemy would be arriving in captured armor. Waxer sheds a single tear of remorse and breathes his last. So um, there, there were some people actually asking, I think on the on the Facebook page, if if Waxer did indeed die. So yes, he did. Waxer, yeah. oh yeah, right. Waxer is definitely done. Um, that kills me because I love Waxer and Boyle. They they were. They were awesome. Is Boyle Boyle's already dead, right? I think he he's dead. Yeah, he died yeah. a couple uh, like at the at some point last season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to to now have Waxer gone, and you know what? Like they they go up to him, and you know it's Waxer when you see the helmet, and and I think one of them calls. I think Rex calls out to Waxer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and they uh, they pull the helmet off, and on the helmet is the picture of, uh, uh, well, what was the little girl's name? Oh, yeah, from, uh... Noyers and New Year or something like that? I can't, I can't remember what it was, but... Yeah. But the little Twilight Girl... The Twilight from, Girl, yeah. From, yeah. uh, from the Ryloth trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, that Waxer and Boyle, uh, right. that, that saves Waxer and Boyle's lives. <laughs> That's right, Um, yeah. and there's a little, sort of a little drawing of her on his helmet, so, like, not only is Waxer a clone that we've seen on several occasions, but he's also a clone that we've got a lot of very specific history with, and they, I don't know, like, there's definitely emotions tied to it. So, um, and he's one of he's one of Obi Wan. So for me personally, that that kind of that kind of hit me that they you know like that they killed Waxer and and his his sentiment Waxer's sentiment of like. What what have we done? I you know like there's no yeah there there's no going back on on everything that just happened. I mean they they just mow each other down. Oh yeah, right. Like yeah. You, you put clone against clone, and somebody's gonna end up dead. So 
Um, we saw several of, of 501st troops go down, and so we can assume that several of the 12, uh, 212th went down. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a pretty intense scene, and then sort of to cap it off with, with that, that note by Waxer, and then the, then the single tear, and then he dies. It was, it was pretty heavy, and I was like, I was on the edge, like, I was on the verge. It, it hit me pretty hard. I was like, I cannot believe yeah. that they did this in a kid's show, you know, at 8 o'clock at night on Cartoon Network. Uh, and and just just the... Because because it's the, it's what's right for the story, right? Like, right, right. Um, they don't shy away from it. To, to contrast it, um, I also watched the new Thundercat series which is actually a really good series and I recommend it to anybody who likes Clone Wars because it's got it has a very similar tone to Clone Wars or more specifically to Avatar mm-hmm. the last airbender which was uh Dave Filoni directed that series. Right. Um so I think like it it really it borrows tone from Avatar and obviously there's a lot of the same tone in Clone Wars because it's also Dave Filoni directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I watched that show and I, and I'm a big fan of it. Uh, and I, I didn't like the original, uh, not that I didn't like, but I never watched the original Thundercats when I was a kid. So, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this show and, uh, I kind of, I usually watch them back to back. Like I watch Clone Wars and then I watch, uh, then I watch Thundercats because right. that's how they air on Cartoon Network for you guys. Right. Right. So I, I watch them back to back and, uh, and after having watched this episode and then watching the episode of Thundercats that was on, um, the bad guys have these uh, elephant men sort of at gunpoint. And about four or five times they threaten that if the heroes don't do what they say, that they're going to kill their hostages. Mm-hmm. But they never do. Yeah. And nobody gets hurt except for the bad guys. And Lionel, the main character, has a has a huge sword, and he he hits people with it for sure. But it always sounds like metal on metal, even when he's attacking organic oh, yeah. <laughs> beings. But they have armor on, so we're just supposed to assume that he never kills anybody, but he just kind of knocks them down with his sword, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's that's the difference mm-hmm. between a show like that. That is a great show and I'm not knocking Thundercats in the least cause I really like it, but it's definitely not clone wars, which in clone wars, I mean, they don't pull punches on a regular basis. And then you get an episode like this that is not just, uh, clones dying. Cause we're used to that by now. Right? Like we are oh, used yeah. to say, I mean the battle of Christophsis in the movie pretty much opens with a bunch of clones dying, right? Like, we see that one kind of get the pot shot and the head and the helmet come flying off. Right. And uh, and so we're used to seeing characters die. We're even used to seeing characters that we care about die on Clone Wars. But the emotional content of having the clones tricked into fighting each other and killing each other when, like, we know how tight these bonds are at this point. Right. Uh, particularly with the opening of season three, finding out what they go through together and as as teams, uh, how they're connected to one another, and then to uh, to have them 
fight each other unknowingly and, and, you know, kind of massacre each other unknowingly. Yeah. It's a, that's, that's really heavy, really deep stuff for what is essentially a kid show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. So. Yeah. Well, I think that was my, that was, that was huge right there to see. I, I think the the big thing going on in that particular scene was, seeing Waxer die and then having the tear come down. It's like, we've never seen that before with the clone. And I mean, we know clones have like cut the queen who have, who've left before. Um, but to see the emotion from a clone like that, you know, in, yeah. in the heat of battle is like, man, we've never seen that before. And you're like, wow. You know, if this doesn't prove that these guys are, are not, you know, there's not something else going on. I mean, um, when we talk about Order 66 and how that's how that kind of are we seeing the you know the genesis of that through this series and, and through these episodes and I don't know if we are but man the, if you don't if you guys if you, if nobody thinks that they aren't free thinkers now or, or they're not just obviously programmed that'll tell it to you right there I mean this guy's crying you know he's he just blasted a lot of his brothers and yeah and it's like wow that was a very powerful scene and a, and a really good scene another great scene um with the clone so i was i loved it uh captain rex gathers the survivors of both platoons he informs them that he is about to undertake a mission that can be seen as highly treasonous he is going to arrest general quarrel for treason against the republic the troopers stand with him though dogma is conflicted by these orders rex returns to the airbase and frees fives and jesse from the brig and and here's one thing this is payback time for rex you know it's payback time and and he and he says he's going to uncharted territory mm-hmm. and 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 what he means by that is he's going to arrest a jedi i mean and they and again this is uncharted territory we've never done this before clones have never done this before um you know they're always going after the separatists but hey yeah. we're going to go arrest a jedi i mean think about that for a second i mean he's got a He's got no backup. I mean, besides his brothers, I mean, there's no Anakin there. There's no Ahsoka. There's no extra muscle for him. And at first I'm thinking, man, how is he going to do this? I mean, Krill is, you're talking four arms, you know, two lightsabers, force power. That's going to be a tall order. And we'll see, uh, you know, I was just like, wow, how is he going to do this? This is getting really good. So, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh Sorry, where are we? Uh, Rex and the troops. Yeah, Rex and the troops storm into the airbase command center and order that Krell surrender. Krell ignores Rex's demands and refuses to explain his actions. When the clones attempt to arrest him, Krell ignites his two double-bladed lightsabers and slashes through the troopers, then leaps from the airbase tower and runs into the forest. I mean, he just cuts these guys down without oh, hesitating he slams yeah. a bunch of them against the wall with the force like just just oh, kills this is a, some action that i love to see um mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm a lightsaber guy everybody knows that uh, this is some double double bladed goodness i'm telling yeah. you what man the power and the force ability of krell was on display right there um and the sound design and all that. I mean, you sound like you were listening to one of the movies. I mean, that's what I love yeah. about this. You know, it's like they can pull all that from the library. It's so great. Double bladed lightsabers, two of them going crazy. The only thing I wish was, um, 
you know, it's it, it's so it, it kind of got so fast for me. I, I kind of wish they would have slowed down some of the the animation just a little bit so we can see what was going on. Because I mean, you're talking two double bladed lightsabers going crazy. I mean, that's hard to follow sometimes. Um, did you get the callback to Revenge of the Sith when he says? You know, they walk in and say they're going to arrest him. And Crow goes, it's treason then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. Uh, it seems like we find one of these, what, every episode, it seems like. There's always yeah. like one or two. But. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was that was cool. It's treason then. Yeah, okay. It's been talking. Been talking to Sidious maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, Rex and his men give chase, but Dogma blocks their path. The conflicted trooper tries to remain loyal to the general. Rex and Tup, Tup talk him down, and Dogma lowers his weapon. Two troopers arrest Dogma, while Rex and the rest of the men continue their pursuit. Hold it right there! Lower your weapon, Dogma. I... I can't do that, sir. That's an order! It's my duty. You're all traitors! I used to believe that being a good soldier meant doing everything they told you. That's how they engineered us. But we're not droids. We're not programmed. You have to learn to make your own decisions. Dogma, don't do it. Take him to the brig. Troopers, don't let General Krell escape. And, and here's another reason why, you know, I, I picked that particular audio out because I love hearing Rex. I love some of the writing that, that's going on, especially with this episode right here. Um, here's Rex talking about, he's, ta he's trying to talk Dogma down. He's like, come on, Dogma, mm -hmm. you know, we're not droids. He says this, you know, quote, we're not droids. We're not programmed. Uh, you got to learn to make your own decisions. It's almost like Rex is starting to to figure this out for himself as well. And he's, you know, he's, I think he's maybe has felt this, but it's almost like, wow, you know, I, we got to start thinking for ourselves. We can't allow ourselves to be, uh, influenced like he has been with Krell. I mean, learn to stand <laughs> up and say something. Um, you know, like he says, make your own decision. They, they did that yeah. this episode, you know, we're standing ground. This is wrong and we're going to take action. So, uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I love that scene, and I, I wanted to use that clip. Yeah. Some, some, again, some great writing. So, uh, let's see. Uh, is it my turn? I'll go. Okay, uh, go in the thick, dark jungle, Krell slashes through the pursuing clones, cackling with dark glee all the while. After being thrown aside by the rogue Jedi, Tup lands near the dormant Vixus he avoided earlier. He taunts Krell, who takes the bait and charges at him. In his eagerness to cut down the clone, Krell runs over the Vixus tentacles and wakes the beast. The monstrous creature wraps Krell in a tentacle and swings him around in the air. The Jedi manages uh, to cut his way free, but the Vixus keeps him occupied long enough for Tup to knock him out with a stun blast. I love seeing the stun blast. That yeah, was so great. Yeah, we don't see that yeah. very often, but it was. Uh, it's just like you know, in, in Episode 4. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier, I mean, the action is just going so fast. I, I wish it would have slowed yeah. down just a little bit because it's just like I had to I watched it a few times 
and uh, man, but it's it's so much fun, man. I, I I live for this this Jedi action, the double blade of lightsabers, you know, shades of Darth Maul and 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 Grievous and all that good stuff. Uh, the clones place Krell in shackles and lock him in the brig back at the base. Rex confronts the fallen general, and Krell reveals that he has forsaken the Jedi path. He has foreseen that the Jedi are going to lose the war and the Republic will be torn apart from within. Wow. A new order will rise to replace it and he intends to survive and rules as part of it. And rule as part of it. Krell has been attempting to gain favor with Dooku by sabotaging the Republic efforts on Umbara. Dogma is aghast at Krell's treachery. The cruel Jedi used Dogma's loyalty to get his way. Krell intends to simply wait out the Umbaran counterattack, confident that they will, re that they will recapture the airbase and free him. Wow, Mike, and here we finally get it. Mm -hmm. We finally get the, the explanation the, the, uh, to Krell's, uh, to, to his motives. And um, this is probably one of my favorite parts. And, and, and a lot of people are talking, Mike, about this particular episode and this arc i mean people are yeah. really really loving this and and especially a lot of people are talking like this is their favorite episode now of the entire series and i'll don't get me wrong i mean this was this was great i mean like i said we finally get that payoff and uh you know we, that we've been waiting for yeah finally get the payoff you know so um i think kyle is just uh, he i'll be here in a second but anyway uh, here we go. Krell saying, a new power is rising. I just started like, wow, here we get all this great dialogue too, Mike. A new power is rising. He has foreseen it. Does this guy have that good of Jedi powers that he can foresee like like a Palpatine? Is that mm -hmm. what you're getting with this? Uh, I mean, that's a yeah, pretty good that's, Jedi that's, power. Yeah, I like... Um, okay, so we know now what a Jedi vision looks like. We know from episode three how unclear they are. I mean, in episode four, in episode five, we hear Luke's description of a vision, and we hear about the Emperor having foreseen many things. Yeah. But in episode three, we finally get to see what does that look like to a Jedi. And uh, they're vague, right? Yeah. Um, in, in fact, it, that, I shouldn't say that. They're not vague. They're so specific that you can't get any information out of them, mm -hmm. right? So uh, it may be that Krell has seen uh, after Order 66, but he doesn't see what happens to get to Order 66. He doesn't see that it's, you know, the, uh, that it's Palpatine who makes himself the emperor. He may have just seen that there is a new order and that, you know, he wants to be, and that the Sith are in charge and that he wants to be a part of that. That we're, This is a Jedi that's clearly already on the edge, right? Like, yeah, uh, he's not all that trustworthy to begin with. So, yeah. Well, and also, you know, the Jedi are going to, he's, he's saying the Jedi are going to lose this war. So he, he's even got some kind of, of, of a, a vision or something mm -hmm. 
<laughs> they're going to lose the war. I'm like, how the heck does he know this? Yeah. Um, but again, a great scene. I work, we got Kyle who just jumped on. Kyle, you there? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Now, check this out. I told Mike that uh, this had to be something big for you because you called and you said, hey, man, I'd love to come on and, and talk about this. And uh, we're like, yeah, man, come on. And unfortunately, we're we're nearing the end, but we'll, we still got plenty of time to get to get your thoughts on this whole this whole arc. Yeah. Um, but we were just getting through Kyle uh, the uh, the part where uh, Krell just basically told Rex that everything. I mean, we finally get the explanation, Kyle, of what was going on with Krell and his motives behind the whole thing. And uh, we were talking about that. And uh, again, Dooku is rewarding the actions and has corrupted Krell. And we've seen Dooku do this time and time again with these little pawns. But now he's doing it with a Jedi. And he's found one that is like him who, who's, uh, you know, kind of fed up with the whole Jedi Order type thing, right? And he's just basically saying, uh, you know, and here's, here's, here's Dooku who at this point in the timeline... He has no uh, apprentice, correct? I mean, you know, Asajj is pretty much gone. Savage, who knows what's up with him, right? Yeah. So, so he's on yeah. the lookout for a new one, right? So basically, he's looking to be Dooku's new apprentice. What did you think of this, Kyle, this whole reveal? I mean, was this uh, up to your, does this live up to your expectations over the last three episodes? Because we knew there was going to be a big payoff, right? We had talked about that. Yeah. And uh, what did you think of this? Well, I had a little bit different take on it than you did, Matt. Um, All right. Because, see, I didn't think that Dooku was really involved in this in any way. Like, he didn't try to influence Krell and what he was doing and stuff. Um, It seemed to me like Krell just kind of went off on his own and said, you know, hey, I don't want to be on the Jedi side anymore, so I'm going to try to, you know, gain favor with the Separatists and stuff, so I'll, like, sabotage the Republic's efforts here. And when they have to retreat, because I've, you know, gotten all the clones killed, then I'll go to Dooku and say, hey, look what I did to help you out. Okay, um, so you go at that route. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the impression I got. Okay. But either yeah. way, I, I thought that was a really interesting uh, turn for the character, um, especially because, like I said, Krell just kind of has his own motives for this and just kind of went off on his own. Like, he wasn't paid off or bribed or, um, you know, from what I saw, it didn't seem like he was corrupted by Dooku or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like the first time we've seen a character really do that on this show. Um, yeah. And... You know, I didn't see that coming because I kept wondering. I was like, you know, is this guy going to turn out to be a bad guy or a villain or something? But, you know, how would that work? Because, you know, wouldn't one of the Jedi sense it if he had, you know, turned side or been, you know, working with Dooku this whole time or whatever? Um, So, you know, the fact that he... everything, so... Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, But, yeah, just the fact that he kind of went this route himself and kind of did it all from the inside was really interesting, I thought. Yeah, that's a good a good point. I never even thought about that. I just he mentions Dooku, and my first inclination is just, oh, you know, Dooku's got another pawn. You know, he's 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 working somebody else. But that's even more interesting that that Krell would do this on his own, just to like you said, gain favor. You know, just to try to be an apprentice to uh, to Dooku. So that's that's kind of even even more compelling of a of a story than just like oh, Dooku. 
he recruited me, told me to capture this base, and I'll, he'll give me a, a chance to be his apprentice or something like that. Yeah. Well, and I think he even says that to Rex, too, because uh, he's, like, explaining it, and Rex goes, oh, you're one of Dooku's, you know, lackeys or something like that. Yeah. And Krell says, like, no, not yet, but I will be after I show him, you know, what I've done here to help him out. Yeah. Oh, does it? Okay, I, can, my, I must have missed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he does say that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So... Yeah, that was a very powerful scene, you know, and we find, like I said, we get the payoff, uh, we get the motivations behind Krell, and he's just a bad dude, and and the only thing that I wonder now is, um, well, you know what, I'll wait, and I'll save that until we get, until we get a little, uh, until we get to the end here, I'll ask you guys a question. Uh, we're going to continue here, Sergeant Apo reports to Rex that although Obi-Wan's forces have finally conquered the capital city, the fling Amarans are headed toward the airbase. Fives refuses to allow Krell to be captured by the enemy. Since he could give up damaging Republic intelligence, Rex grimly agrees that Krell is too dangerous to be kept alive. And I thought that was pretty interesting, too, that, uh, like I said, it, there's nothing really they can do. I mean, there's no other choice but to, to, uh, to kill this guy because they can't let him, you know, be a pawn of Dooku. They can't let him fall into the hands of the Umbarns. Because he'll just give away all the the Republic stuff, so uh, you know what choice do they have? I mean, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to execute uh, execute Krell. So uh, you want to continue, uh, Mike? Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, Rex, Fives, and Jesse return to the brig. Fives releases the imprisoned Dogma while Rex enters Krell's holding cell and orders him to face the wall. Rex knows he must execute Krell but he finds it difficult to shoot an unarmed prisoner in the back. Krell savors Rex's hesitation. A shot rings out and pierces Krell's heart, but it did not come from Rex's blaster. It is Dogma who killed the general using a pistol lifted from Five's holster. Okay, let's talk about this just for a minute here. here here's, this is interesting too, guys. Rex, he cannot kill Krell. I thought that was... I thought that was huge, and I don't know if I'm just reading into it much. I thought that was a huge story point right there. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. is this is this some kind of foreshadowing um, later on down the line? You know that he cannot kill Krell. I mean, this is a he's killed Rex's you know brothers. I mean, he's stated that he's going to go with Dooku, and still Rex can't do it. Yeah. I mean, what did you guys get from that, Mike? Did you get anything from that, or is it is that am I thinking too much about it? Uh, I, well, I think that he's just, like, Rex is a little bit less likely to just do what he's told blindly. He's got, he's, he's got a head on his shoulders, and he doesn't just, you know, follow orders. So, I think that's all it is. I don't, I don't know that we're necessarily foreshadowing too much, because he is Anakin's clone, so, I mean... I don't know. I don't know. It'll be it would it'll be interesting to see what happens to Rex by the end of the series, or to find out what happened to Rex post Order sixty six if he's still yeah. around. Right. Because because yeah. yeah, that's uh, this would show that that shooting a Jedi uh, in the back or or whatever. Uh, but maybe I don't know. Maybe this is the the thing that makes it easy for them to believe what they're told when they're told that the that the Jedi are trying to take over the Republic. So Yeah. 
Kyle, what, what do you think? What do you think, Kyle? I mean, this is a pretty powerful scene. A lot of this this whole episode had scenes that we've been talking. Me and Mike have been talking about this. Just some great, powerful scenes, just like this. What'd you think of this scene? Yeah, well, I was kind of more with you, Matt. Like, I was. I've been thinking about this scene a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I know we kind of talked about before how um, you know some of this stuff it, like ties into episode three. And I know Mike. I think you mentioned earlier that maybe they were trying to explain like more how order 66 was plausible or something like that yeah um but for me if anything this kind of puts it into question more because before i was always kind of like okay yeah the clones are just engineered to follow orders and stuff and so when palpatine says kill the jedi they do it but now you see that um you know with a guy like krell who like you said was you know killing all the clones and turned evil and stuff and rex hesitates to kill him um but then you know you get to a point by revenge of the sith where they'll like just kill all these innocent jedi without question so yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of wondering where the connection was there. But, yeah, definitely a powerful scene and a lot to think about in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's, let's uh, Kyle, you want to finish it up? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Fives reports to Rex that General Kenobi's forces have defeated the last remnants of Umbaran resistance. The Republic conquest of Umbara is victorious. As the troops board gunships and prepare to leave the planet, Rex wonders what the point of the war is and what will happen to the soldiers when it ends. General Kenobi's battalions have routed the last holdouts of Umbarans, and we've secured all sectors. We did it. We took Umbara. What's the point of all this? I mean, why? I don't know, sir. I don't think anybody knows. But I do know that someday this war is going to end. Then what? We're soldiers. What happens to us then? And just like Rex says, guys, you know, what is the point of all this? You know, and and, and I've talked to, I've said this earlier, you know, this is kind of like one of those rookies episodes where it's all clones. And, and this is, I think it's so much deeper. It goes so much deeper than rookies because it's like bringing out stuff that, that I've been wondering about the clones. And I think a lot of people have been wondering is um, it just, just exactly what he's saying. You know, what is the point of all this? We get scenes through this whole series and through this whole episode, Kyle, and, and I, we talked about this earlier about um, when, the, when they were getting ready to shoot uh, Fives and Jesse, how the clones think, you know what, this isn't right, and they don't shoot him, mm-hmm. you know. And earlier on, and later on when, um, uh, is it uh, Dogma, who's getting ready to try to stop them from getting Krell, and they have to talk Dogma down, you know, and basically say, hey, man, you got to start thinking for yourself. And instead of, you know, thinking like a robot or whatever. And here it is again at the very end. They kind of leave you with that same that same uh, type of story where it's just like, what is the point of all this? Starting to, to question, you know, uh, Rex is starting to question stuff. You know, what is it all about, you know? And yeah. uh, just, just a really fitting ending to this whole four-part arc. I mean... Uh, Kyle, we haven't got a chance really to, to to get your whole perspective on this whole arc. Uh, this is one of your favorite arcs, right? I mean, if not your favorite. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely um, probably right up there with the Night Sisters arc from last season. Is yeah. you know my favorite episode, my favorite story arcs of the whole series. Um, and especially, yeah, like you said, I thought this was a great way to end it. 
Um, and kind of like on my email that I sent last week, and I said something about um, how some of the questions that weren't really answered in this arc, I thought almost seemed like it was intentional, like it was kind of from the clone's point of view. Yeah. Um, and I felt that again here at the end when Rex is kind of wondering, like, what's the whole point of this? Um, and I was kind of glad that they didn't really give us like an overarching story of like what the Republic was doing on Umbara and the whole, you know, where yeah. that fit into everything. Because then, you know, if he says, what's the point of all this? Well, then we as the audience can go, well, the point is that you're supposed to capture this so that the Republic can get here and, yeah. you know, it'll do this, this and this. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're kind of on the same page as them going, man, this was a huge, intense battle and a great story and everything. But like, what was the point of it? What did they all die for? Yeah. Right. Um, so right. yeah, I thought that was a great scene, great way to end it. And um, but yeah, just this episode was amazing. I'm sure you guys talked about it a lot already, but you know, some great moments. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, you mentioned the execution scene. I thought that was really well done. And uh, that whole yeah. scene in the middle, where you know, when Krell sets the two sides against each other, or the two mm-hmm. platoons of clones, and they find out that they're shooting each other, that was like, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't even describe it. It was like amazing. Yeah, well, we talked about how one another powerful scene was was you get Waxer and uh, he has the single tear, you know, as he dies and he tells yeah. him, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, man, this is yeah. And like I said earlier, if, if you don't think these guys are free thinkers now and, uh, I, and that's kind of like a quoted term now, free thinkers, you know, that, that are have feelings and they have they, they can make decisions and they're not just robots or whatever. I mean, this this whole arc really just laid it out there i mean you you have a whole you, you think of the clones as a whole new thing now i mean you don't think of them as just soldiers anymore it's like wow you know it's it's so much different now just from these episodes yeah definitely um, any, any favorite uh scenes in this particular episode kyle um well like i said the execution was great the two or the scene where you know the two groups of clones are fighting i also thought um I don't know, this might be my favorite scene of the whole episode is when they go in to arrest Krell yeah. um, up in that command center and, uh, you know, he just kind of turns around to face them as they're all running into the room and, uh, you know, Rex says, you're under arrest and he goes, oh, it's treason then. Yeah. yeah you know, exactly the same way Palpatine did in Revenge of the Sith. That just gave me chills. That was, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh such a great scene. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about already his, uh, you know, kind of the revelation of, like, his motives and everything. And what I liked about that was how it, um, kind of did answer some of those lingering questions that I had had from previous episodes, like um, you know, why Krell yeah. was always like staying behind and not leading his troops on the front lines well, because mm-hmm. he didn't actually want them to win yeah. Um, exactly. so yeah, I mean I thought he did a pretty good job of like pulling off that deception and keeping us hanging till the last moment yeah, and that was one of the, like I said earlier in the beginning I said, you know, it's a lot of questions were answered and I still have a still have a few questions after this thing concluded is like uh i'm just wondering what you know what's up with this anakin and uh palpatine pulling anakin away was there is you know is there anything else behind that you know is this is this Mm -hmm. is this palpatine kind of doing his puppet mastery from from afar you know does he have anything to do with this you know that was one of the questions, and that wasn't really answered. I was kind of hoping that we'd get Anakin come back and, and you'd get something, but it kind of just leaves it at that. So Yeah, yeah. and I think that we're going to pick up in the next episode and just ignore everything that happened in this one, right? Yeah. Like, even though it's such major, major stuff, yeah. I don't think it's ever going to be addressed. Right. Like, right. if yeah. it wasn't said in this, it's not going to be said, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe they'll, like, reference it a little bit in, like, a future clone arc or something, but I don't think they're really going to go back and tie up more of those loose ends. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, on the one hand, I don't know that they necessarily need to, because I think it's, you know, just kind of been interesting to leave us thinking about, like, did Palpatine really have something to do with this? Did he, you know, was this all, like, according to his plan? Yeah. Um, because, you know, you talk about the dark side clouding everything and how the Jedi couldn't sense that Krell had, like, turned evil or whatever. Well, maybe mm-hmm. Palpatine had, and, you know maybe wanted to, I don't know, get Krell out of the way somehow, thought he was getting too ambitious or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah, definitely. There's, there's different ways you could, they could, they could go with this. And uh, from the preview of next week's episode, it kind of looks like, you know, obviously Rex is back, but uh, yeah, I think maybe you're right, Mike, it'll just kind of be just washed under the table. We won't really know you know, does Rex go to Anakin and say, hey, this is what was going on. This, you know, is there anything there? I guess we'll, it's probably going to get uh, kind of glossed over. But yeah, but yeah. but you know what? For this for this whole four part arc, though, I mean, like I said earlier, it probably could have been squashed down to three episodes. But still, I really enjoyed this arc. I mean, uh, it's got to be the standout uh, of this season so far. Obviously, uh, we're only 10 episodes in, but yeah. Um, some great stuff from the clones. I mean, we get some pretty good lightsaber and, and combat in this episode. Um, Krell, the voice acting of Krell. The, me and Mike, we were laughing at this earlier. It's like, what was it, Kyle? Uh, four episodes, and there was only, what, two voice actors pretty much in this whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, he, just like three or four, because you had Anakin and Obi-Wan in there for a little bit. Yeah, and, and but, that's another uh, thing, too, was... Uh, was um, this guy who played Krell? His name is Dave Fenoy. He does a lot of, um, you know, video game voiceover stuff. But yeah. I really saw he really shined in this last episode, and I didn't really pay much attention to the voice acting the first three, but it really kicked up in this last one. I really enjoyed what he did with Krell. So uh, some good stuff there from voice acting. But yeah, like I said, you know, two guys and even D Bradley Baker said, you know, if I were to lose my voice tomorrow, he said at least I would have the Umbaran arc to, to go back to. I mean, that's how much he, he felt mm-hmm. about this episode. Yeah. And obviously he did a fantastic job. I mean, doing all these clones. And this is a, a big story arc for the clones. So yeah. if, that, if that says anything, I don't know. You know, if that doesn't say anything, uh, you know, nothing does. So Yeah, definitely. Because I, I was thinking about that too as I was watching it. I mean, I kind of stopped and kind of force myself to think about the fact that it was one guy doing all these voices. Yeah. And that, you know, I would get so caught up in the stories and the action that I didn't even notice that, you know, I totally bought them as like separate individual characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mike, what's your take on this four part in barn arc? Uh, any, any, uh, I don't know, does it sit well with you now or better than it had before? Or um, it- this episode definitely sits well with me. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot going on in a short amount of time and uh, great action, great storytelling. Um, I still have my issues with the first three episodes. Uh, they they still, I mean, those first two are still difficult for me to get through, um, just because there's really not a lot going on there. Uh, if if it were one episode. And you, you just sort of squished those first two into one episode, and this was a three-episode arc. I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it just kind of... I don't know. There's uh, there's a lot of plot holes and a lot of questions left unanswered. 
because, and this is just personal opinion, but I feel they just wanted to do a couple of things. Like, they had some bullet points, and then they just filled in the rest, right? Um, but we've still not really gotten a, a, any sort of concrete reason for, like, what's going on with the Ambarans and why Ambara is an important thing. And, I mean, like, we're, I'm not talking about, at, like, or asking for you know, 10 minutes of dialogue explaining these things. I'm asking for one or two lines, mm-hmm. right? Nothing that would have slowed down any of the pacing of these episodes, but just a little bit more care and attention like they have in the past. Mm-hmm. Just something that shows uh, that they're thinking about more than just like, oh, we're going to put the clones on this cool planet and uh, and we're going to have a Jedi that that's turning to the dark side that they have to listen to and we're going to make them fight each other and we're going to make these ones, you know, commit treason, but for the right reason. Like, that stuff's all great, but, I don't know, it just kind of, they, they lose sight of, of, of the detailed storytelling that they've done in the past um, and just, you know, to sort of, get to nothing for a lot of the first two episodes. Like it's nothing really happens. It's not like they, they couldn't have stopped uh, in those two slow episodes and, and given us a little bit more of an explanation, a little bit of a backstory for Krell, just something other than he's a hard ass and, you know, deal with it. (laughs) Right. Like, like there's just no justification to me. And that's, that's bad storytelling. Well, I think you can buy. You know, I, I can understand what you're saying. Like, the the whole bullet point was Krell and his defection of the Jedi Order. Yeah. And and how do we get there? You know, do we do it in two episodes, or should we should we spread this out and show how bad this guy is for a couple episodes? And maybe that's maybe where they wanted to go was, you know, let's 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 have the audience just really despise this guy by the end of the the third the third episode or the end of the, in the middle of the fourth episode. I mean, let's just have the audience despise this guy. They want this guy dead. And maybe they felt they had to do it in four episodes to really show how, how mean this guy is, how, how much of a jerk he is. Um, but I do think you have something there with that bullet point of, you know, here's what we got. We got Krill. He's going to defect. How do we get there? So I, what do you think, Kyle? I mean, it, uh you didn't really actually mind the, the four parts, though. I mean, you kind of liked how this thing kind of had a slow burn to the very end, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, just last night, um, I watched all four of those episodes in a row. Yeah. yeah. Um, and That probably worked out good, though, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Especially the first two um, really work almost like a you know one longer episode with you know just a quick break in the middle. It's that much, you know, yeah. kind of ends and picks up in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, I didn't really have any problems with like the pacing of it. I mean, there was some stuff that I thought they maybe could have taken a little more time to explain or something like that. But yeah, um, you know, I wasn't just sitting there like waiting for it to end, going, "Oh man, this is too slow." Like, because I just love the action and the visuals and all that kind of stuff. And right, um, you know, seeing the clones and their character interactions and them, you know, on the battlefield and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was great, and I didn't mind it being four episodes at all. Yeah, I think, like I said, we'll look back on uh, on this whole episode, on this whole series, and there's always going to be a, everybody talks about the uh, 
the rookies episode. I think you're going to also be talking about the damn barn episode when it, especially when it comes to the uh, the clones and and what's going to happen with them as far as Order sixty six and and bring free thinkers and all that. So uh, that's that's it though, man. That is uh, the four part Umbarn arc. So job well done. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. And uh, we'll see what we got coming up in a few minutes for next week. Let's go into uh, the social networking segue. Here we go. Wait a minute. Play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I saw part of the message. You... I seem to have found it. Okay, in lieu of the mailbag this week, I wanted to kind of highlight, we haven't done this, I don't think, before, um, the iTunes reviews, you know, we've, we've gotten some reviews over the last few years and, uh, wanted to take a minute just to, just to give a few shout outs. Uh, the latest one is from Izzy Antietta and he says, great podcast, really enjoying your show. I haven't kept up with the Clone Wars in, in a while as I refuse to get cable, but your show has inspired me to catch up on it. Thanks for taking the time for this podcast. It keeps me coming company all day work. All day at work. I'm sorry. And that's kudos. And like I said, that's from Izzy Antietta. And I just want to rec- or, uh, highlight a few others. We got Greg Stedman, Harry Potter 992, Darth Marquis, Hoth Ice Planet, Mad Heavy, Peter Bartowski, and CK for him. All those guys have written in in the last uh, few months and given us some positive reviews over on iTunes. So we appreciate you guys taking the time to uh to do that and that just gets the uh podcast a little higher up there and it kind of puts us ahead of those ones that haven't podcasted in like three or four years that are still up high on the itunes i could never figure that one out uh uh, let's go to the facebook post of the week mike you want to read this one yeah sure so this is from john santa and he says uh i was thinking yesterday that we might get to see our first knighthood ceremony in the series uh depending on what happens Ahsoka could move beyond being a Padawan. I know that Obi-Wan and Anakin's were written about, but I think seeing it in a completely canon context would be pretty cool. I do too. You know, I, I, we did, we see, we saw the knighting of Anakin in the, the Gendi series, right? Yeah, we did yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. So, but I guess that's not really considered canon anymore. Or I don't even think it was, but uh, yeah, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, when you talk about Jedi Knights and everything, it's like, that's always like been a question of mine is, is what is the knighthood ceremony? You know, yeah. and I've talked to people who think that Anakin, or Anakin, Obi-Wan was knighted after he defeated Darth Maul. Basically, that was his trial, was going against the Sith Lord, uh, the first one to do so in, what, a thousand years? Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically like the council's like, yeah, we're probably going to make you a Jedi Knight. You just killed a, a Sith apprentice. So you could probably be a knight now. Yeah. You know, uh, what do you guys think? I mean, you guys, would you like to see some kind of knighthood thing? I mean, just, I'm kind of curious to what it would be like. What do you think? Right, uh, it would, de- it would definitely be cool to see that for Ahsoka, to sort of yeah. see that character through to that point. But uh, it's kind of up in the air still. I mean, we don't know. We don't yeah. know how much, because she'll be, the oldest she can be during the Clone Wars is, what, 17? Because we got, what, another... Because she was 14 when it started, and the Clone Wars lasted three years. So um, the likelihood of her being knighted at 17 is pretty unlikely. Mm -hmm. 
So unless going through the Clone Wars gives her some kind of a you know extra credit points or something, I don't know. What do you think? Possibly, but I, I don't. I don't think so. I yeah. mean, yeah, not Anakin wasn't even that young, and he's the chosen one. So right. true. Uh, true. True. So I don't. I don't. I don't think that that we're gonna see that. What do you think? What do you, what do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I agree with Mike. I Well, honestly, I can maybe see them doing that. Like if that's what George Lucas wants to do, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. But I, you know, I kind of hope Ahsoka doesn't become a knight by the end of the series or at least by the end of the Clone Wars cuz like you said, Mike, she's only going to be like 16, 17, 18 somewhere yeah. in there. Um so and yeah, that's younger than Anakin was when he he became a Jedi knight. And I was thinking if we do get to see like a character go from padawan to knight in this series because i think that would be pretty cool i would maybe like to see like a flashback episode of you know anakin and obi-wan like right after the battle of geonosis um you know maybe in like the last season if they did a kind of how this all started episode i think that might be kind of cool yeah yeah unless they knight unless they do some knighthood with another jedi that we haven't been even been introduced to yet yeah um but i don't know how how interesting that would be i don't know but Yeah. yeah um yeah, you're right, though. She's only going to be, what, 17, 18, like you said. So uh, probably, like, unless, like I said, unless she gets extra credit points for being in the Clone Wars. And, um, you know, you know, maybe, you know, if she does defeat uh, Darth Maul, who's coming back, or something crazy like that, or Asajj or something. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Who knows what could happen. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, well, you never know. Shoot, with the Clone Wars, I mean, we get surprised. It seems like every year, you know, this year, the big surprise is going to be how are they going to bring Darth Maul back? Can't wait for that. Um, but uh, San, John Santa, thank you for the post. Keep the Facebook going, guys. Uh, it's been good. A lot of chatter in there, which is nice. And uh, it's fun to go in there and talk some Star Wars and Clone Wars goodness in the, in the Facebook. Uh, Kyle, you want to read the... Uh, we got the upcoming episode uh, description. You want to read that for us? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. The episode title is Kidnapped, and it says... Zygerian slavers are behind the sudden disappearance of an entire colony of people on the planet Kiros. As Anakin and Ahsoka rush to defuse a series of bombs planted by the slavers, Obi-Wan must fight with their imposing leader. So we got uh, Anakin and Ahsoka back. Wow. We got some, you know, regular characters coming back. What do you guys think? Are you excited about that? Looking forward to that? I, I, yeah. I'm I, super excited about the last part of that second sentence in the description that Obi-Wan has to fight their opposing <laughs> leader. Yeah. So, uh, there that you means go, some Obi-Wan action. He won't just be in the background. And uh, in, the clip, in, in the clip that that audio came from, he is... He's there, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So I am definitely excited. I've actually been really excited about this this storyline for a while. So uh, this might be my uh, my uh, Umbara arc because because okay. I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, there's actually a Facebook post that mentions that this is really similar to uh, a storyline that they did in the comics. 
yeah, one of the Clone yeah. Wars Adventures comics. That's uh, what I was going to ask you guys. Do, do you guys yeah. know this story? Uh, yeah, one? yeah, I read it, and uh, and it does look like this is going to be pretty close. Okay. Um, but we'll see. We'll see just how close. But this is the one where we're going to get to see those flying lizards. Though they're yeah. essentially oh, like yeah. like uh, like flying lizard versions of Boga, um, and cool. that's really exciting. I'm yeah. excited about that. Kyle, uh, Kyle, you know about this? Uh, what Mike was talking about that, uh, that supposedly this is coming off of a, a comic, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard a little bit about that. Um, okay, yeah, have you read I, it? I, I heard about that back over the summer when it, yeah, when they were showing like previews and stuff, and I haven't read that comic okay. so. Ever okay. since then, I've been kind of purposely avoiding it because yeah. I want to be surprised when I see the episodes. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm kind of surprised just to see like our big three back. Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting because like season one and two, I kind of felt like they were overusing Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi Wan, and I was like, we see these guys all the time, and yeah, yeah. you know, I want to see more of like, you know, Kit Fisto and Ayla Sakura and Mace Windu and all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the past couple seasons and you know these past few episodes, we really haven't seen much of those guys at all. So. I'm excited to see them back again. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's funny how when you uh, when they're gone for so long, you're like, man, I'm ready to I'm ready to see Anakin and uh, the big three back. You know, let's do yeah. this. Yeah. Especially because I mean, they were in the Anakin and Ahsoka anyway. Were in the the first three episodes of this season, the you know Water War, but right, they right. they they weren't really the central characters in that. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. Because it kind of focused more on the prince, and there were like a lot of different yeah. characters getting screen time. So. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to see, you know, another storyline that focuses on just those three again. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's coming up uh, next week. It's called Kidnapped. And uh, again, is this another uh, start of a three-parter? I think yes. this is a three-parter. Yeah. Okay. Another three-parter. Which is kind of surprising because it seems like they're going to show this whole three-parter before the holiday break. Which yeah, it, that... it'll, it should take us right up to uh, right up to the week before Christmas, right? Because uh, we've got yeah, the 25th, the 2nd, oh, a couple weeks before Christmas. Couple, so the 25th, yeah. 20, uh, the 2nd of December, and then the 9th of December. So that, that'll that mean that uh, hopefully the gap this year won't be quite so long, because in years past, it's been a little bit a little bit lengthy between Christmas and, uh, and the New Year. But uh, who knows, we might actually see a longer one, because we also haven't seen as many gaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, in just in the in the fall uh, half of the season, so yeah. Uh, so who knows? Who knows? Well, shoot! By the time we get through this three-part arc, we're only going to have what nine episodes left. Yeah. See, that's what surprised me because yeah. usually they'll show like t- I, I think they've gone like ten or eleven episodes so far, like up yeah. to the Christmas break, and now they're going thirteen. So, like you yeah. said, we're only going to have nine left in the second half. Yeah. So it's yeah. That's that's kind of surprising that they're. There's not been. A, there's only been one break this whole so far this this um, this season. So, but that's cool, man. We'll keep it going. We got three more coming up before before a break. So that's gonna do it for this week. Kyle, thanks for coming on, brother. I know you wanted to talk some uh, some Umbaran arc, and uh, I wish you know we started. We kind of flew through the news and stuff pretty quick. Yeah, and, uh, we were trying to stall and. Uh, and uh, by the time I looked up, we started the episode. It was it was you know six thirty to six forty five. So um, didn't mean to go so far without you, but we'll get you on there again though. We yeah, got, no. we got some more. We'll, we'll talk some more definitely. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, Mike, just gonna do to, it. Uh, yeah, like yeah, I said, I just, to, I just wanted to get some thoughts out there. Have somebody yeah. stick up for the Umbaran art. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I like it, I like it. Nice. All right, Mike, that's going to do it, huh? Cool, yeah, that's it for, for this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks again, Kyle, for being on this week. And uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us over on Twitter, twitter.com slash clonewars. And uh, you can have, head over to Facebook and join our page and our Facebook group. Uh, it's facebook.com slash clonewarspodcast. And, uh, and send in your emails to Mike at Clone Wars Podcast and Matt at Clone Wars Podcast, and, uh, and we'll read those on the show. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for this week, and uh, we'll see you guys next week for Kidnapped. See you next week. All right, see you. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs>